0: Welcome to another episode of the Unibytes podcast, where we share a piece of the world's news with you, our audience. I'm Kareem, and today, Lottie is joining me for a joint episode where we're going to be talking about the COVID relief bill, because there's a lot of stuff going on with it, and it's really important to ending this pandemic and also understanding how we can move forward from this pandemic.
1: Hello, I'm Lottie. Most of you know me from the economics part of the Univides podcast. Today I want to talk to you specifically about what's in the bill and how this affects the economy and the average person. Alright, so basically, this is bill. The house and Senate just passed, but they have like there are parts of the bill that don't have equal footing. It's supposed to be like a direct mirror of each other, but in this case this isn't true. The $15 part of the bill that says we need a $15 minimum wage was not passed, at least in the Senate. And there was a $1.9 trillion laws in this bill that would give $2,000 per family. And this part is, that's since to become the actual law and is now subject to rolling out.
0: Something I thought about the, the 2000 that they've been talking about, they changed. There were a lot of changes that they really made to this bill. Like they, they initially said that the point of this bill is that we're going to beat the virus. We're going to safely reopen schools. We're going to get families some relief. We're going to try and get people out of the economic struggle. And there's a lot of money going to different areas for this, right? To education, to your school systems, to vaccination programs and vaccine centers and contact tracing. But the money that's getting to families has been played around with so much. It started with the promise of two thousand, uh, but now the two thousand dollar amount is fourteen hundred per person, and then account the six hundred dollars that was in the December bill, before the Biden administration, and that's the two thousand that people are getting, and the way that they've changed the income threshold has made it to where less people are getting it. So, I guess I'm just wondering, why have they taken like? so so long to to work on on this bill and get it out and get help to people just to come at the end and cut some of the money like what is some of the the argument like the justification for not doing like the minimum wage increase or getting more
1: money to people well that has a lot to do with things like job prospect and this i'm going to have to go in extensively on because that's a huge thing that i could go on just such a tangent for Essentially, the argument, at least in in the Republican part of the argument, states that well, the general just acceptance of this part is that a $15 minimum wage will put small businesses out of business, and an economy that's already booming or starting to grow back up does not need a $15 minimum wage. And this mm-hmm. is the part where I do get a little biased, because in my opinion, this isn't true, because... uh. A $15 minimum wage would influence the market in many ways, as you are going to see, as I explained like, in this episode of the podcast, that things such as the Federal Reserve come into this, and a $15 minimum wage would just counteract what the other part of the government that we don't even think about is trying to do.
0: Hmm. I think the thing is with the minimum wage is that they voted on it recently and eight democrats also refused to add the minimum wage to the bill uh, including Kristen cinema chris coons joe Manchin, and other senators the thing with this is that the democrats had a really good chance to do this and the justification is there like you said lottie there is some um, an economic analysis that says that increasing the minimum wage is really going to help us and there's something even in the way the way that they drafted the, the bill that really th- makes you think, why didn't they do it? The name of the bill itself is the American Rescue Plan Act. And the, the point of this bill is that this country has suffered through this pandemic and there's underlying issues that have been exposed by it. So this act is supposed to help us get through the pandemic and get to a better point. There are economists that are saying that real GDP is not going to return to where it should be until 2025. Coincidentally, the increase for the minimum wage was only going to take full effect in 2025. So things lined up pretty conveniently. There's been a lot of talk about increasing the minimum wage for a while. It would help to eliminate a lot of existing problems that we have. And I guess you could kind of fill me in on this.
1: Okay, so first of all, I want to comment. I want to comment about the real GDP portion that you just mentioned. Um, that's actually not going to increase until 20, not increase, increase until 10, 20, That won't be uh, greater than the actual, the other GDP. I want to talk about how things like the Dow Jones and NASDAQ sank. Specifically, this starts with Warren Buffett mentioning that Uh, The economy is going to be red for a while or in the red. The stock market itself would also be in the red. This is because of things like I said earlier, the job prospect. In fact, the Dow Jones actually decreased by 1.1% and NASDAQ by 2% over the last week. That's insane because a week is a long, not, not a very long time for things such as the biggest indicators that we have to decrease. Right. And that real gdp part is looking like a real possibility sooner than 2025 and 2031 is going to be the part where economists actually say that we're going to go to where we were in the 1970s when the 1970s there was this big flash crash that not many people knew about but it affected things like the biggest corporations like the biggest ones you can think of like mcdonald's walmart etc and This is actually going to affect these small businesses in these cases because a lot of these are uh, playing into the stock market game now. A lot of these are affected by greater companies that probably own them, like own different franchises and stuff. Mm -hmm. And things like your competition. Like, let's say you own like a flower shop and then there's like another flower shop that's corporate owned. If that goes down, like, Let's say that entire part of that industry just goes down because that corporation just fall fell. You would think, Oh, since there's no competition, that local flower shop would gain money, right? No, that's no, if all these closed, then people by default aren't going to want to go to buy flowers anymore because, Oh, they see all these things closing. They're just wondering why you would think it'd be, be because you would think people would respond in a way to just go to that one flower shop, especially when any flowers and stuff, right? But no that's not the case here. So it affects them too.
0: Well, there's some the, the thing with the this the stock market is I guess when they were making this bill, you talk about how like different sectors are going to be affected by the way the stock market's performing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the lowest level, people who are like considered essential workers have been criminally underpaid and The political justifications have been all over the place. So we have some people saying it shouldn't be attached to the bill, that this is kind of away from this. Some people are even talking about the Senate parliamentarian, who, if you don't know who the parliamentarian is, they're basically this advisor to the Senate on what are the rules that they follow and what are the uh, existing precedents on different laws that are put in place. So the current parliamentarian gave advice that said the Democrats cannot add the minimum wage increase to this bill because it's, it's too irrelevant to the actual spending of the bill. And so you cannot try and force a quick vote on it. You have to have like the full process allowing a filibuster as well. So after the parliamentarian makes a statement, nothing is really binding. There are examples of People in power ignoring the parliamentarian. For instance, there was one vice president in 1975 who straight up ignored advice from the parliamentarian about how to deal with the filibuster. He just went and had his own procedure on how to deal with it. So it, there's nothing binding about it. The Democrats could have still gone through and gone around this parliamentarian. And the thing is, the minimum wage is a big factor in how people are suffering in this pandemic. And we're seeing this with the money that that people are, are depending on these stimulus. $15 an hour is not that big of an increase if we really think about it. The current federal minimum wage is about $7.25. And people who are working on tips have a sub-minimum wage of $2.13. And we're telling them that as the standard of living has continually increased, an hour is enough to pay your rent, pay for water, pay for utilities, pay for food, pay for clothing, pay for school, feed your family, have your kids in school, save for a college tuition fund, and then have money to spend after that. It's just not going to happen. We saw that a lot of businesses went out of business. A lot of people lost their jobs and had to file unemployment claims in huge numbers. Because there's all, there's this underlying problem that people have been underpaid for so long. It's exploitation. So the people, people at the top have been like, Oh, we're going to, we're fine. The Democrats who voted against the minimum wage increase. Oh, we're millionaires. We're good. They don't have to live that life. They don't have to live the minimum wage life or worse than the minimum wage life. They're not at threat of being homeless because Mm -hmm. of this pandemic or anything else. So. Why is it that we, we're, there's an emphasis on spending too much with this bill? Because that's something that, that's been talked about a lot. Okay, so
1: there's actually a huge emphasis on this because even though we're at a deficit right now, like people aren't going to be able to afford things like pay pills and all that, like you said before. But even though we mm-hmm. are in a deficit, the market is actually expected to undergo this market surplus, at least for a short time, immediately after the bill. Is passed and people actually have their money. That's because you know, when people get money, immediately the first thing they want to do is spend it. Or that's what the part of the argument is, that people are just gonna spend this money. And that's where I get into the Federal Reserve. For a few weeks, or at least a few weeks now, like the last two weeks, the Federal Reserve expressed that there's gonna be a wild increase in spending and this will benefit the economy in a way that has not for months. The problem here is inflation. Inflation is where we give a general rise to things like price level over a short period of time, or a long period of time. It's called long inflation. That's something we don't really learn in schools, the term long inflation, but long inflation, uh, essentially inflation in a period of like five or ten years, or short is like a period of one year. We're going to have short inflation in this case, but it'll lead to long inflation. Um. Inflation level is expected to rise above two percent if we get that two percent. Uh yeah, if we get that two percent inflation and two thousand dollars per family, it's easier for prices to rise to accommodate spending. It's also customary to raise things like interest rates to, you know, help with that to just stop the inflation. But the Fed chairman doesn't want to do this, as he's been saying since like mid July twenty twenty. He's not going to budge. So, things like interest rates aren't going to go up, even though the average person wouldn't want them to. So if interest rates don't go up, people are going to keep spending and spending and spending and spending. And that's the start of the argument that's being made here, that people are going to immediately spend all their money as if they don't have things like responsibilities to take care of.
0: Mm -hmm. That's the exact thing. People do have responsibilities to take care of. It's not like people like we're not taking the money. When we have to choose between our water bill and our rent and say, I'm going to go get the PS5. That's not what's going on. (laughs) It's not not what's happening. People have serious needs that they're not able to fulfill. And it's affecting it. Like, here's one case, right? So in the city of Jackson, Mississippi, uh, they were affected by the winter storm and by the ensuing, you know, climate issues that took place. We talk a lot about Texas. Texas was in the news so much and what's happened, what happened in Texas and what is still going on in the aftermath in Texas is really bad. But in Jackson, Mississippi, you can see this exact problem that people are not trying to just spend their time on and money on things that don't matter. So 25% of people in Jackson live in poverty. The city is 82% black. And when the winter storm hit, They have an old system of water distribution and treatment. So they have pipes that are like century year old. They have a system that works by water pressure. When the the snowstorm hit, it froze many of the plants and made them shut down. So when these shut down, they couldn't keep the water pressure the same, meaning that they could not distribute water to many people. And the majority of people who are affected were majority black. The people who are affected are people who are living in extreme poverty. As of right now, they have had a boil water notice for three weeks. A boil water notice means your water is not safe to use on its own without some type of treatment. And there are people who have been without water for three weeks, completely without water. No running water, nothing in the pipe, nothing in the tap, unable to flush your toilet, you can't take a shower, you can't take a bath. People are using garbage cans and milk jugs and other bottles to just get water that's being distributed by the city. There are people who have had lead contamination in their water. And the worst part of it all is that this was entirely preventable. You just have to spend the money to actually deal with these issues. There's a bill that that's I don't think it's a part of the COVID bill. But it's a similar thing to what COVID, the COVID bill is supposed to do. It's called the Water Act, which is supposed to give money for fixing infrastructure and addressing the water contamination. <laughs> the degree of contamination is like this. I'll give it like, here's a scientific like analysis of it. There's this idea uh in water treatment called turbidity, which is basically how clear is the water? The more turbid the water is the less clear it is so the more stuff that's in it the stuff isn't bad but it's not oh it's usually not good and the more of it there is the more likely you have bacteria there's a certain level that you have to have for turbidity like 0.3 units in jackson the water has three times the allowed turbidity it is that bad and instead the governor says Oh, it's the city's responsibility to maintain the infrastructure. The lieutenant governor says it's the city's responsibility. When the both people could have put in place policy that fixes the infrastructure. So we talk about inflation and spending is going to go up. Like, as you said, it's not that people are sitting here saying, I want the new PS5. I'm going to go get it. I want the new Xbox One. I'm going to go get it. I want a new laptop, the new iPhone, whatever people literally don't have the bare necessities it's and then the stock market is used as the way of of gauging things and inflation is used as an argument not to it it just cannot the thing these things cannot coexist do you think that do you think that they should have still gone through with the minimum wage increase
1: honestly Yes, I actually do think so, because if you do increase that, then this will actually help increase spending, like you said Mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. Because if things like the interest rate goes up, you're going to want to increase spending as a result to balance that out. You don't want to reach things like record lows like you did in the 70s, like the economist that we mentioned before said. And we sure as heck don't want the economy to crash like we did see it before, like last year. You know what happens when people lose their jobs. What happens when people, when banks and things go out of money, which can happen in this case.
0: Yeah. It's really, it's really. We 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 are sitting here. We're finally at a point where we can, uh, get serious, meaningful relief. But, like, I'm gonna go back to the name of the bill for a second. The name of the bill is the American Rescue Plan. So, why do we have to be rescued like we we we're supposedly this really civilized nation we've really progressed in a lot of ways but we're so willing to have a city that is majority black have no water for three weeks very little national attention in the media very little talk about it uh, at a federal level and the justification is it's their fault it's their fault that things are like this it is people's faults for not making enough to make ends meet. Oh, you can't afford your rent. It's it's your fault. But we, instead of just saying it's the American Rescue Act, just for COVID, it's got to be for more than COVID. And like you said, the minimum wage increase would help to increase spending. It would help to get us out of the economic slump that we've had, but it would also help to prevent it from happening again. And we cannot have it happen again because people are dying because of it. People are dying because they can't get clean water, they can't get their necessities. We're we're not gonna know the death toll in Texas for weeks, right? Because we don't know, we just don't know what how many people the storm really killed directly. We just got a lot of uh, a lot of problems that we got to deal with, and we need more economic solutions to actually address them, get to the root.
1: It's crazy because you see how the average person is affected by this, and this is called this is this thing called a rod bit raise, rod bit rod bit based, where you essentially spend the money on things you want. Right, that's clearly and obviously not happening here. An increased interest rate does reduce things like disposable income and therefore does limit the growth in consumer spending. But different exchange rates can also go down in price as well as inflation when things like interest rates increase. The places that you did mention in Mississippi and Texas will hurt from this for a little while, but if this does increase, or this doesn't even have to happen, that's the thing, this is completely preventable. If we do have that $15 minimum, then we don't need an increase in interest rates. Straight rates in this case are like a matter of commodities like groceries, food, clothes, shoes, even houses. These are prices that can go down if you do have that fifteen dollar limit. You won't be able to spend as much to get like what you want if things like interest rates go up, and you have that balance.
0: Can you say that the point one more time? Literally, exactly what you just said one more time.
1: You won't be able to spend as much to get what you want.
0: So, like, you again, like, you and you said it. Like, this is like, the counterpoint is oh. People are just going to take this money and spend it on, on random things that they want and wants and desires. But as you've been saying, the commodities that will be affected by changes in inflation are necessities as well.
1: Yeah, groceries, food, shoes, clothes, houses, everything. Like Everything that you see and touch that you buy monthly or weekly or yearly or lifetime, it's all going to be affected by this. It's very true. Really, this money, in my opinion, is things for things like working families who got laid off. People who can't afford to pay things like health bills. People who are behind a rent and things of that nature. A small way, increasing the interest rate in a pandemic is actually a good thing because no one likes inflation in this case.
0: Yep. We don't like it. We We don't like it, but... And we're not sitting here to say responsible spending is pointless. Let's just spend all the money we want on federal policy and just raise the deficit. Republicans were in power for a whole year. They had the Senate. They had the presidency. They could have worked with the House to provide more relief to people and spend money more wisely. Instead, the time that they spent was on big tax cuts, where if you quantify the amount that they put in tax cuts... It's actually the same as the 1.9 trillion that Joe Biden is putting in this bill. So we really need to take this bill as, yeah, it's relief for people, but it's not perfect. They could have done the minimum wage increase, but they let politics get in the way. And like Lottie has said, there's economic justification for increasing it. And it makes sense to put it in this bill because what causes this crisis and makes the problem worse is people being exploited and underpaid. While people at the very top and the 1% are making huge sums of money, people who are struggling are being evicted, are being made homeless, are being food insecure. There's like 24 million people in the US who are food insecure. They don't, they cannot be sure where their next meal is gonna come from. In a country that has so much food and so many resources, it's just all taken at the top, and kept at the top. The eight Democrats who voted with the Republican Party to not put the minimum wage increase in are all millionaires, and their combined wealth is really, really high. Imagine if you took that wealth and distributed it to people who are in these low-class conditions, people who literally don't have water like in Jackson. You'd be able to save a lot of lives and help a lot of people. And I guess as a final thought for this episode, really think about the policy that you want because people in power spent their time trying to get votes and solicit votes and tell you that these are the things that we were going to do for you. If you vote for us, you need to vote for us. You absolutely have to vote for us. But if they turn around and they, they sell you short or they don't sell you anything, why should they have your vote? We really can hold the Democrats in accountable for this because they, at this point, control the presidency. They control the Senate. They control the House. They have no reason to to just not do what they should do.
1: Just as a final just statement for this episode, I think we should hold both accountable, not just one, not just the other. It's just compliant between like our own government. Because if we have that, then. We can get anything done. But at this point, this might not be something that's truly viable. And it's up to people like us to make that difference.
0: So thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Unibytes podcast. If you enjoyed it, you can follow us on our Instagram at Unibytes podcast, or you can also find our website link. We are on Spotify. We're on YouTube. We're on most places where you can find podcasts. We will have a new episode this coming Saturday. Mm-hmm.
1: And we're also on Twitter at Unibytes. Um, mm-hmm. You can also listen to this on like various platforms like Spotify and Apple Music and even YouTube. If there's anything you'd like to discuss, we're open at our email at unibytespodcast at gmail.com. And at this point, I'd like to give credit to things like Yahoo Finance, Reuters, Horde Market Cab, Business Insider, and Forbes for the useful information. Do not own any the information I used and discussed, nor is what anything I said, specifically financial advice. And feel free to check their takes on the subject.
0: So we now that we have think... our legal protection, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> please look into, please look into also what is going on in Jackson, Mississippi. And if you have the means to help people there, uh, donate, spread the word, get there, let there be more awareness of it because it is an issue of, Racism, it's an issue of environmentalism, and it's an issue of just plain humanity.
1: Mm -hmm. That's my piece. Yeah. Thank you. We'll see you next week.